The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me, virtual distancing, we have none other than very own, Pronto Comics, very own, Dominic Definition Man Serrano. Hello, everybody. We have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. I agree with Mark. Every kid should have a toy. And we have, <laughs> from thelifewithgenergy.com, Jenna Lee Feldy. Back from fishing. Great to be here, guys. <laughs> so on this week's show, where's my notes? On this week's show, we have our uh, Pronto Comics with his uh, pick of the week. We have a new Jaybird and Lee segment. And I have an interview with a comic creator, Dwayne Robinson Jr. Uh, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. The show is also brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of this and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention will be on September 25th and 26th. That is their Big Apple Silver Anniversary Expo. Um, no headliner announced as of yet. And I want to give a shout out for our Patreons of which there are Danny Grillo, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. You guys want to have your own little shout out? Go www.patreon.com, look up the Came from Real in the search bar. And just for $8 a month, you can get a shout out on our show. So let's see what we have for the news. Uh, it's always to start off with the sad news. Ugh. So we have actor. Stuart Damon died recently of kidney failure. While he was in small roles in various TV shows and movies, Stuart is best known for his 30-year portrayal of Dr. Alan Quartermain in the daytime soap opera General Hospital from 1977 to 2013. Um, that's amazing body of work. You know, they always have the actors saying, you know, what's more important, the body of work or an iconic role? He had an iconic role for 30 years, the same character wow. on TV. It's not like he played it, and then 30 years later, he reprised it. That's amazing. Wow. I try to stay out of the hospital, but, you know, respect. <laughs> you were, you were, ha uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I always ask, Charlie, were you uh, with the daytime uh, general hospital? Was that you? Were you there? Um, it, it was us, but it was uh, shot in L.A. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, you know, people used to come. John Stamos used to come in. Uh, you know, uh, other people from the show, Jackie Zena. Uh, but, you know, so, uh, it was shot out there. So uh, we only had uh, All My Children, Ryan's Hope, and One Life to Live. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, one of these days I'm going to remember that. Maybe I should write it down. Um, it was like, he, it's, whenever Stamos show up, did he just have like a, like a flock of women just following him all the time? Um, to be. 
He he was a very nice guy. So uh, he drew he drew a big female crowd. <laughs> that is the most politically correct you have ever been there, Charlie. Um, thanks, thanks. So Stewart was a a, a spry eighty four years old. Uh, didn't he bad. didn't he play uh, one of the people in the Champions? That sci-fi English thing? Uh, yes, that was him. Yes, that was yeah. him. Yeah. That's correct. Nicely done there, Charlie. Good Thank job. Um, Thank you. So moving on for some more sad news. Actress uh, Felice Sampler also died recently from a heart attack. While she got her start working on a daytime soap, she was more well-known for her voice in animation, in animation, lending her voice in such shows as Digimon and its many subsequent series, Mobile Suit Gundam, and Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir, just to name a few. Uh, she died of a heart attack, and she was a young 67 years old. Holy. Oops, sorry. Really haven't been cleaning up with all these soap stars. Oh, that's that's yeah. funny. <laughs> that's funny. Jen's on a roll. There so, we go. Speaking, well, of, speaking, of, speaking of soap, our senior correspondent needs to get his uh, mouth washed out with soap. Whoa. But we'll oh. move on. Whoa. What? What? Why? Did I miss something? What I happened? missed something too. What are you, you talking? You guys about? missed it, man. I missed it. I missed it. Good job paying attention on the show while you're on the show. What, um, I didn't even hear him speak. What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, what, what is he saying? What's wrong with him? He he violated the no cursing rule. Today? When? Right now? What's Where? What's oh, curse? you guys missed it. You guys I missed it. it. I can't they, believe. I, I didn't hear a word. It. So I didn't hear his voice. So you're gonna you're gonna hear our very own Jenny Sheldy go but (laughs) earlier Ah. in the show when you listen to it. (laughs) Um, Moving on to the last. I won't lie. I was busy looking up Felice Sampler (laughs) in case you like asked me a question. I'm like, no, I don't know anything about her. But (laughs) sorry, I was busy doing my job too much that I couldn't do my job. Yeah, curses are a form of lullabies to me. So like, it just doesn't really sit well. I, I don't really notice it. Oh man! Yeah, no, so... just just look for the bleep on. She was a, a, a spry sixty-seven. Yeah. Well, bye. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, wow. So for the final bit of sad news, director and producer Richard Donner also died recently. What? As, as of this oh recording. Oh my god! Well, I guess our senior correspondent did not know this. Charlie, <laughs> <Early, laughs> or, or as the friends call you, Sal. This is where you curse. <laughs> You guys can't call me Sal. That's a selective view. Okay. <laughs> right. don't, get, don't get offended by that. It's just in every section of Friends, yeah. I have different names. He's, he's, I can call Shatner Bill. I can call you Sal. <laughs> Come on, Sally boy. Don't be so sensitive. So, yes, Richard Donner uh, died recently. As of this recording, wow. which is uh, July 7th, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Richard wow. I'll tell you what the cause produced... of death is. He was 91. That's the cause of death. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. The cause of death was not breathing. Yeah. That's what it was. He, he overstayed his welcome, that's all. No. Richard directed <laughs> slash produced well, such iconic films as the original Omen and its sequel, The Omen Part 3, the original Superman in 1978, The Goonies, and all four Lethal Weapon films, and Free Willy 1, 2, and 3, and The Lost Boys, just to name a few. What did he... Wanna... Um, yeah. Go ahead. Wasn't there... Wasn't there a thing going around, a buzz going around that there was going to be another lethal weapon? There was buzz about going there being a, no, a new lethal weapon, and he was spearheading that. So who yeah. knows if that's going to be a thing now, as well as the Goonies sequel. 
Did he also? Yeah. Did he also do the Bad Boys uh, thing? Lost Boys. He did Lost Boys, but now he did not do Bad Boys. Not that, Bad Boys. That was uh, Michael Bay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should have known. Things were blowing up all over the place. Yeah. How do you but, know uh, Michael Bay film? Everything just explodes out of nowhere. With half naked chicks. Um, yes. I gotta, I gotta say, you know, uh, Richard Donner with the original Superman, the horror movie, he has touched all types of uh, film genres. Yeah. Yeah. And he's hit it out of the park every time. So he he really shaped, uh, in some way, shape, or form, a, a slew of people who are alive today. In some yeah. way, shape, or form. No, he's he's touched many, many people with his films. I mean, as I heard the rumor once, Marvel, every time Marvel's going to make a movie, Kevin Fahey sits the cast and crew down to watch Superman the movie as an example of the most perfect superhero movie ever made. So even through Marvel, he's touched people. And, you know, he wore, as, as they call it nowadays, because it's changed, the comic-accurate costume. And they made it believable. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's so crazy to think that that outfit, that iconic outfit, was right. from him. And he did the casting was beautiful. And yep. it was just something, as the, the trailer always said, you will believe. So it, Yeah, it, you'll it believe a man can fly. Yeah. yeah. The whole idea was that he picked Christopher Weave. He wanted a complete unknown. He wanted yeah. you to look and see Superman. Yeah. Not, not someone else. Not, um, I think they were throwing around like Robert Redford at one point or something like no I want it to look like Superman that's why they picked Christopher Reeve and they even measurements are still the Superman measurements they even did the um they even you can believe the glasses thing yes it was never done any other time because they did have the serial with George Reeves but I mean realistically it was just really just George Reeves but it was a Christopher Reeves acting and 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 by a connection the direction of how to portray Clark Kent to Superman with just the glasses. It's amazing. Wasn't just the glasses though, because there's also a difference. Well, the mannerisms, the, hair, the mannerisms, everything. But Did I'm you, saying that that has to do with the direction. Yeah. Did you see Kill Bill? Yeah. I have not seen Kill Bill. Yeah. Of course not, because it's a good movie, so you don't watch those. But uh, wow. <laughs> but there is a there's a good line in Kill Bill in which Bill is saying to the bride like that Superman wakes up in the morning. He's Superman. And but Clark Kent is the costume, and Clark Kent in his ta- is his take on the human race, sheepish and 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 sort of weak. But you're right; it's it's a great combination of like how to. It's almost as it's as good as like when Kevin Conroy does two different voices: one for Bruce Wayne, one for Batman. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and it's the Bruce Wayne voice that's the faker voice. Correct. And the way uh, he developed the ca- characters in Superman. I think he did a great job with Lethal Weapon from the beginning oh, yeah. when they were, uh, it was kind of serious. Uh, and the way he developed, you know, the the characters in all four of them, by the time you get to Ford, like you feel like, oh my God, I'm family with these guys. You yeah. know, it was the fun movie, fun, you know, tongue in cheek thing. And if you remember, Jet Li, that was his big breakthrough film, and he did not speak a single word in that movie. Not really. No, I think he said maybe two, a couple words in Chinese. That's about it. Right. Because no, yeah, no, no at the time, he did not speak English. Right. Because I remember he was on a, on a talk show, and he was trying – he had very broken – he spoke worse than Jackie Chan at the time. Yeah. Ooh. And I was like, well, wow. Well, they – after that, they, they dug up a couple of his uh, – 
you know, uh, movies from uh, China or wherever yeah. he's from. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then he started doing the uh, American uh, movies, which I thought were good. Yeah. I, he, he is my second favorite martial artist. So Richard Donner, okay. in, in addition, who is the first, who's first? Timok? Uh, it has to be Bruce Lee. <laughs> remember everyone time lock is too big for the show yeah anymore <laughs> anymore that's the thing yeah. you have to remember that he was like he did a get we interviewed him he does a drop for our show so that's that's, right. a, that's a whole thing um yeah. so in addition to we don't play because he's too no big. we play uh, in he's addition in addition to touching the lives of the audience he also touched the lives as we just mentioned of certain actors of course. launching their career. So it's, it's a sad day uh, for um, Sean yeah, Astin. Donner. Yeah, exactly. He's been on the show twice. Yeah. So he, yeah. he was, uh, as you mentioned, down like 91. But we got to yep. move on. We got to move on to the not as sad news. And we actually, uh, if we can get to it, we have the actual happy news uh, on this week's show. So let's see. From the. They almost spit my water out. We actually have <laughs> happy news? Yes. <laughs> so, wow. From Move along, the, man. Move along. I want to hear happy news. From the Beat a Dead Ghost Horse Department. After 15 years in a divisive finale amongst fans, Supernatural star Jensen Ankles, Ankles? Ackles has announced that he's working on a new Supernatural prequel series called The Winchesters, <laughs> which will be centered on Dean and Sam Winchester's parents. Uh, Jensen is set to reprise his role of Dean, who will serve as a narrator of the series and will also executive produce. Jensen says, <clears throat> after Supernatural wrapped its That's 15th not season, <laughs> we knew it wasn't over. Because like we say in the show, nothing really ever ends, does it? When Danielle, his wife, and I formed Chaos Machine Productions, we knew the first story we wanted to tell was the story of John and Mary Winchester, or rather the Supernatural origin story. I always felt like my character, Dean, would have wanted to know more about his parents' relationship and how it came to be. So I love the thought of having him take us on this journey. Um, of note, this will be the third attempt at a spinoff uh, of the CW's longest-running series. You guys Supernatural fans? I kind of want to be now. It's a whole other world. I feel like instead of, you know, eating myself into a coma as a form of escapism every night, I should just do this because this is just like, whoa, what's happening? It, I, I would say if you're going to do that, just watch the first five uh, seasons, and then you don't have to watch I've the heard, rest. I've heard the first five are the best. Correct. And then, like, it should have ended after season five. It did. Oh. And, and it didn't, and it just went on for ten more seasons, and it's like it kind of lost its way. I'll probably like those seasons the best, knowing me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the worst stuff. It, <laughs> it was. It, I mean, it, it never got back to that magic, that level of the first five. But it was all right. And then it just kind of, that last season was, was a little, little rough on the edges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So moving on. From the These Are These People department, Lego announced today that they are launching pre-sales for a Seinfeld-themed Lego collector's set. The set, which includes both Jerry's apartment and the brick wall and stool set from where he would perform a stand-up act as well, as five Lego minifigures of Jerry, George, Kramer, Elaine, and Newman. Yeah. Um, of note, Jerry's apartment is one of the most complex, detailed, cluttered Lego rooms you'll ever see, wow. including a hidden Superman. Uh, the buildable model is for adults and is part of a collection of superb Lego idea sets created by a fan designer, voted by thousands of Lego fans, and produced by the Lego company. 
The legal components meet demanding industry standards to ensure that they are consistent and connect simply and strongly. It's been that way since uh, 1958. Lego building bricks and pieces are thoroughly tested and analyzed to ensure that every Lego set meets stringent global safety standards. Ah, well, we know kids are getting lazy now. They don't want to go off jumping off bridges. They want to talk about nothing. What's what's happening? I can't believe that they're making a Seinfeld set out of Lego. Well, I predict (laughs) that this would be successful and it will be followed up by a friend's Lego thing. Ooh. <laughs> Remember what I'm saying, folks. Yeah, yes. I, I we heard it. it. We heard it here today first, folks. I love it. So, I, uh, I agree. Yeah. So to, to concur, uh, according, because I just started looking up, I want to see what the Seinfeld Lego set looks like. And uh, at Walmart, they already have a friend's one. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. According to Walmart.com, it's a friend's one, too. See? Look at that. Yep. Ah. So there you go. So it's like he predicts it. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like, is he Googling this like I am? <laughs> These are like jokes. I made up a joke the other day and then I heard it and I'm like, no. So I, I, I mean, I understand. I think this has gone too far in the world no, of pop culture. Let me tell you, man, they have Jerry, they have Elaine, they have Kramer, they have George, they even have Newman. Yeah. Wow. They That's even what I said. Have Newman. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I, now that it's hard to make someone look like George, I mean, look, I could look like George in a second. <laughs> I just got to shave. Um, <laughs> why do you think I don't shave? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like they really nailed the George looking one too. Does he have shrinkage? Yeah. We got him out of the pool. Shrinkage and no shrinkage. <laughs> oh my God. They even, they even have a soup Nazi. I, I think uh, I think Dominic is really into this. I'm <laughs> into it. I love it. They have George's parents. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's, I'm just it's like a... scrolling through the image. I can't believe they. Wow. They, yes. They got wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so moving on. This is the smartest thing I heard all day. Was this the happy news? No, no, no. It's not the happy news. There's no. happier news? Yes. It's actually from the happy news department. We will get to it. Um, the, the, the department we hear from the least. Yes. So let's see if we can we'll yes. see, we'll squeeze this one in and then we'll go to the ha- actual happy news. From the $200 million and eight episodes later department, Netflix has announced that the entire principal cast of the show Jupiter's Legacy has been released from their contracts, essentially canceling the series. But seeing as how they spent $30 million to acquire the Miller World in the first place, which Jupiter's Legacy is part of, Netflix has said that they're now producing an anthology series with Super Crooks as the next chapter. Uh, Mark Miller from Miller World says, I'm really proud of what the team has achieved with Jupiter's Legacy and the amazing work everyone did with that origin season. I've been asked about a lot of times what we're planning next to do with this world, and the answer is to see what the supervillains are getting up to. I've always loved crime stories, from Scorsese to Tarantino, and supervillains are always the most fun part of any superhero story. To do something exclusively focused on the villains they fight, it just feels so incredibly fresh, and to explore like, what it's like to be the bad guy in a world crawling with good guys who want to, be put, in, who want to put you in jail. Um, I saw the Jupiter's Legacy series, and it was all right. They put a lot of money into it, but it was kind of slow. It was eight episodes. It ended on a cliffhanger. And then I did my little research, and apparently that eight episodes was a prequel to the actual comic book series. The comic book series was described as a daughter of a superhero hooks up with a son of a supervillain, and they have a child together. 
And that's what the story of Jupiter's Legacy was supposed to be about. So they didn't even get to be what the comic was about with this eight episodes. And after learning about it, I would have been extra disappointed to find out if I had read the comic to watch the series because it had nothing to do with those characters. Maybe they should have just gone with the actual like comic. But, you know, they, they wanted to make world building and spinoffs and this and that. So they felt that it would be better to waste $200 million on eight episodes and come up with what they did. Did any well, of you guys see the Jupiter's Legacy? No, I, I didn't. Speaking I didn't another see language, it. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I didn't see it. Dan, you and I both. I really don't care. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I tried, but Jupiter, Jupiter, <laughs> what? I tried. Did you what? see my my very concerned look like? <laughs> and then I said, no, no, it's too, uh, it's too like much. It's like a race, right? Like Amazon's like buying up stuff from um, what's his name, who. Uh, who did The Walking Dead? Now uh, they have the Invincible on. Yes. On. So and like, Kirkman. Yeah. yeah, Kirkman. And Netflix is like trying to get this, and it's like an arms race of comic book stuff. Yeah, but, but... It, it, it's kind of like what Jerry Seinfeld had said, like when he was talking about entertainment executives. He's like, entertainment's really not their field; they shouldn't be in it. <laughs> you know? So, we have one last bit of uh, news. We're going to go with the feel-good story department. Wait a minute, I thought this was from the happy news department. Well, it's the feel-good story department, happy news department. The positive, okay. the positive reinforcement story. Okay, so it's a catch-all department because we get it's so little the, of it. Yeah. Happy, peppy, and bursting with love section over here. Seven-year-old Elizabeth Norman will be the first child ever to send something to the moon after impressing the world's leading space pioneers. It turns out that it turns out that she is obsessed with space and staged a launch of a massive homemade lunar lander rocket, which is the Vulcan Centaur, from her garden earlier this year. Her enormous enthusiasm captured the attention of U.S. experts currently prepping the real rocket for the first moon landing in nearly 50 years, and they've offered to take something belonging to her which is a sticker carrying her name of the space blog to be part of on the Lunar's time capsule. So as part of the mission, space technology uh, companies Astrobotic is offering people and businesses the chance to buy space on the lunar payload, and NASA is paying $79.5 million for 14 slots. So out of one of those slots, her sticker is going to be on the moon in a time capsule. That's awesome. Wow. Zoom to the moon. Sorry. Wow, that sounds like a great investment. Maybe you should buy a what star, he, too. <laughs> what are the odds she grows up to be an astronaut? Wouldn't that be cool? But that's, that's, I think I that's, really, that's really nice that she has something that, you know, so far few people will have on the moon that's, that people are paying millions of dollars for. She got it for free because of her enthusiasm yeah. and love for space at seven years old. That's not, not happy news. If she doesn't grow up to be an astronaut, that she at least grows up to be in science, part of the space program in some, in some way. I think that would be amazing. Well, what if she has trust issues like me? How is she going to know they really did it? <laughs> well, I think, well. <laughs> Jen, please tell me you, you know that we did go to the moon, right? No, I think no, she I meant how they know there, that the sticker. That's my rule. If I wasn't there, then, you know, I don't know. If it wasn't there, it didn't happen. But, like, if someone says they're going to do something, I'd like to have some type of proof, you know? So maybe <laughs> they can take a selfie while they do it, you know? So I, from what I understand, <laughs> from what I understand, they're going to obviously record all the stuff being put into the lunar module 
and they're going to record the ship going to the moon and they're going to record them putting the uh, lunar time capsule on the moon for the aliens to find it and then learn about us and then attack us all in a couple of years. Okay, That's, that sounds better then. So we're out of time. So do we have any final thoughts? So Charlie, senior correspondent Charlie Saladin, do you have any final thoughts for us for this uh, week's show? Be nice, to, be nice to everybody and my thoughts and prayers to Richard, Donna, and his family. Dominic, definition man's final. Any final thoughts for the show? Uh, keep dreaming, and as you do so, watch Superman the movie. Generally, Stelly from the Life of Genesis. Do you have a final thought for the segment? Uh, it's beautiful in New York. Get outside. We're gonna have nice weather for the next two months or so. So it's very temporary. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yay! I will take a page out of our very own Dominic Definition Man Sperano's book and say, if anybody who wants to pay a couple million dollars to get a slot for something on the moon, they can throw us a couple of dollars and get a shout out on our show. Were you hoping that's what I was going to say? I was. I really, I thought you were going to go that way. You zigged when I thought you were going to zag. Dude, I got to keep you on your toes, man. That's just how it goes. I can't let you just... All I know, all I know, if they make a Lego set of uh, Skyline, I'm going to buy it and burn it. (laughs) So with that... Wow. Uh, with that, got, after, after he said, got, be nice, everybody. That, that got dark. <laughs> so with that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with the game on the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. At Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin in the month of July, get ready for Sinister War from Marvel Comics, Infinite Frontier from DC, and Amelia Clark's Mother of Madness from Image Comics. Make sure to join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. And mark your calendar for free comic book day on August 14th. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-763-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. The neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. So keep listening. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about... Your birthday. birthday. Your birthday. <laughs> That's right. I'm, uh, I, I can't believe it. You're going to be 14? Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel? Double digits? Well, I've already been double digits. <laughs> well, seven and seven. How about that? 14. You're an even number. I like odd numbers, too. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. Well, you were born on the 29th, so that's, true, true. that's, that's a thing. And Mark, who uh, you know is part of It Came From The Radio, always says that you have the same birthday as Gary Busey, who's... Uh, yes, who's that? He, she said every time you say the same thing. Who's that? He's an actor who is went completely insane. Oh. <laughs> how? Yeah. What do you mean? How? He's just crazy. He, I think he has some brain damage from motorcycle accidents and oh. stuff like that. But he's like pretty crazy. He did some good movies. He was in. Um, 
He did some good movies, but now he's insane. Yeah, <laughs> Lethal Weapon, the first one, Buddy Holly. Uh, he was in um, Under Siege, if you saw Under Siege. I haven't. You haven't seen any of those movies no. whatsoever. I mean, I've heard of Buddy Holly from Weezer. Oh, come on. <laughs> right, Weezer, yes, that's right. Buddy Holly from uh, Weezer. Uh, oh, and also from La Bamba, remember that oh, movie? Yeah. That, oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, it made you cry. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, your birthday's here, about. Yeah. So, what are we doing for your birthday? I think we're going away to the Hamptons. Well, on my birthday, we're going to be... We're going to be in the Hamptons. Yeah. Yes, yes, we'll be there. I don't know what we're going to do. What are do. we... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, you want to do? I guess we're going to be there. Is you going to be in the beach area? There's going to be water. There's going to be restaurants. I don't know. Walking around town. That um, kind of stuff. I want to go to town. Well, I mean, I'm sure we're going to go to town. I want to go to town. That's usually, like, my favorite part of, like, some uh, vacations that we do is going to the town of wherever we are. Yes. Because it's, like, then you get the variety of, like, the restaurants, the clothing stores, the jewelry stores, the toy stores, the candy shops. I love those. And spend like, all my money. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's what you like. No, nah, I don't usually spend... I don't spend all of your money. Not all of it, just some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, we go on a lot of vacations around your birthday we do i think like we've been on like a lot of <laughs> yeah we've been on yeah we've gone to a lot of places on my birthday name like, a few <laughs> you can name some lake george um where was the most that was well i guess two years ago we went to amish country right was oh that yeah right? yeah so we did that we did lake george a couple of times we did um what else? Oh, Cape Cod? Was it Cape Cod? Or Mystic Connecticut. I think Mystic Connecticut we did. Oh, yeah, we did that. That was fun. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, we don't go on planes. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. We have people in our family who do not like to fly. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that a little lower? <laughs> Mom. Yes, yes, yes. She doesn't like to fly. But, uh, you know, so 14 years old, that's a pretty good uh, time. And where do you want to, um, what kind of cake do you think you're going to want this year? Keep keep it rolling. Mm, Come on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I um, know. Cannoli cake? No, I had that for my graduation. Yes, you had that for graduation. I mean, though, it would be nice to have it again. Oh, you like the is cannoli there like cake? An, is there like an almond cake? I'm sure there's an almond like cake, a- but what would you want with an almond cake? Like, what what's even mean? in an almond cake? Almonds. <laughs> But like, what is it like a like a pound cake? Or I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Just like the flavor of almond. The flavor of almond. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm sure there's some kind I'm of cake that has it. Here. I, right, I'm putting you. On, well, do you want a present for your birthday? Um, I want to get my other ear pierced. That's it. You just want an ear piercing? Yeah, maybe like money. Money. <laughs> And like a mirror, I want a new mirror. I need a new mirror. Okay, so a near, yeah. uh, a new mirror, not a near mirror. <laughs> a right. near mirror. A newer mirror. Yeah. Okay. All right. That sounds like a plan. I think we could handle that. Yeah, that's it. it like a magical <laughs> mirror, or just a regular? No, just like a silver one. Not one that like shapes your body in its own weird ways, like the clown mirrors oh, God, at the no. carnival. No, you don't like those. Those would be scary. 
All right. Well, I'm glad that your birthday is going to happen. It's going to be amazing, fun time in the Hamptons in the summer. Yes. So that'll be cool. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So this week's pick of the week is obviously Kung Fu related. And it is Warrior, which is now available on HBO Max. Once again, it's not a comic pick of the week, but it is inspired uh, and based off of Bruce Lee's writings as a treatment that he, he was trying to create in 1970s television. For those who may not know, but I'm sure you do, Bruce Lee was doing one season of The uh, Green Hornet, and it was a big hit overseas and uh, and it sort of led him to some fame a little bit and wanting to stay in television he wrote a treatment for this idea of a martial arts Chinese kung fu fighter in the old west um, it was eventually some dispute whether or not it was stolen from him um, but eventually came out the show kung fu starring David Carradine uh, in which he was doctored to look half Chinese. And I'm not knocking David Carradine or the show itself, Kung Fu. I loved watching those shows, too. But they didn't cast Bruce Lee in the show for his accent and because they didn't believe uh, a Chinese-American could sell the show, right? So it's definitely partially based off of his idea. It was a... a, a an idea called Assam, which is the name of the main character in Warrior. Now you might be like, well, this isn't a comic book, but if you really think about how much um, Bruce Lee influenced the culture in terms of even characters in comics, I mean, you wouldn't have Iron Fist if there wasn't Bruce Lee, right? So, and numerous other characters uh, throughout... Uh, so many movies and uh, movies and 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 comic books shang chi which will be coming out in the fall so to me it's you know as jim kelly said man you come right out of a comic book so as you watch the series which has been two seasons but the third season coming you know you'll get a sense of how gritty it is 
and it could easily be a comic book story in my opinion um it's very gritty very uh action-packed you're going to enjoy it i think uh certainly there have been stories like this that have come out in comic books uh the main character assam is a martial arts prodigy and he comes to america in the late 1870s specifically san francisco and he gets wrapped up in the tong wars going on in san francisco's chinatown on top of that you have what's going on with a lot of the irish cops of the time the interracial tensions that are going on and in some ways even though this came out in 2019 it's it's very poignant to what's happening today and what's going on uh in the world today in america and, and certainly racial tensions with the asian american communities so i encourage anyone to watch it i encourage you to enjoy it um if you were a bruce lee fan assam is very much like an homage to bruce lee he's not trying to be the character and the actor andrew koji aren't trying to do a bruce lee imitation but they're definitely doing a bruce lee homage so if you loved watching enter the dragon if you love bruce lee movies and bruce lee's philosophy i encourage you to watch it thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's pick please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com you can come a patreon of the comic it's only one dollar a month it's the least expensive patreon out there i promise you that also please go and check out prontocomics.com we have plenty of comics for download and always remember i said empty your mind be formless shapeless like water now you put water into a cup it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. Be water, my friend. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. <laughs> hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and then you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. I have none other than Animation Comics and Entertainment LLC uh, comic creator, Dwayne Robinson. Hello everybody, how is everyone today? Now, you've been, I guess, on our show before, and um, we've actually uh, did a Bookworm Batson segment on one of your books. So what has happened between then and now? Wow, it's been a, a very long time since I appeared on your show. Uh, when we started, when I was there, 
um, the comics that we had, uh, Nightfall series and the Salvation series was very, very uh, early in its stage. We only had issue one available from Nightfall, Michael's Awakening, and issue zero for Salvation. Um, and through that time, we decided to um, really, uh, along with working on issues uh two for Nightfall and issue one for Salvation, we actually wanted to kind of redesign our logos and, and the things that we were doing. So we changed a lot of that. So the logo that we have on the original comic is different. Um, a lot of uh, in, internal things have changed, um, but I'm still doing the artwork and I, and I actually hired a color colorist now to actually help me along with the, the comics and uh, but another cool thing that we did is that, you know, when we decided to kind of rebrand ourselves, I guess you could say, we wanted to uh, really look at the comics that we had available and wanted to see if there was something there that we could actually change or make better. And uh, that's what we did. And with the first series that we decided to really start doing those changes with was the Nightfall Michael's Awakening series. And that's why we decided to uh, get a Kickstarter that way we could uh print out all of the changes and all the just it's really just like a remastering of uh the nightfall series that we have available now so basically you did like a george lucas and went back and made like a special edition of your comic sort of in a way yeah you know we kind of really want we really wanted to really give everybody the best version of the stories that way when issue three comes out there's still a lot of questions that you know you want to be answered of course but uh, you want to get at least a better understanding of the world and what's going on. And that's what we did with uh, the Nightfall series by remastering it. And another cool thing that we did was originally the size of the Nightfall comic and the Salvation one was uh, we wanted to kind of stand out when we first did our comic. So we went with the eight by 10 size, uh, almost like a magazine, I guess you could say. Um, but then after that, you know, when, when we decided to redo it and remaster the comics, we went back to uh, the original size for the comics uh, because we also decided that, you know, it would be nice to have our comics uh, available in comic book stores and <laughs> the sizing that we had a lot of the comic book stores like, man, you know, we love your comic, but we can't put it. <laughs> there's nowhere to put it, you know? <laughs> so that was one of the major decisions that we did was to make it a uh, really just a normal size. It's, it's interesting that, I, I that was the one thing that stood out was this different in size. I remember that distinctly. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. There's something eye catching and different. But I guess the the realism of it being able to fit where it needs to be came overcame um, the creativity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was uh, something that I kind of was holding off for. But, you know, me and my brother, we always have a nice little sit down and we discuss all of our future things along with other people that's part of the company. And uh, yeah, you know, I finally just decided that it was a good idea to do that because, you know, like I said, you know, having our comic books and cons and things like that is always very good because we can sell it ourselves. But, you know, the times when we can go into comic book stores and, and we're not there, people can see our stuff and still want to purchase it. And it's easy to be viewed because it's uh, in a normal size and it can fit easily into the, the shelves. So that's very important, you know. That's that's something that, that you might not think of when you're first starting out. So I think that's a, a good learning lesson. Yeah. While the creativity, I thought, and I still think, was a super cool idea. And maybe that's something that can be incorporated later on. Like maybe when um, you have like a super special edition or the ultimate edition or whatever, 
you could bring it back to that size or just have like a convention special size. Yeah, you just, uh, <laughs> you just brought up a really, uh, uh, I guess you could say a spoiler because that's kind of what we kind of want to do. Uh, when we get up to maybe the last issue of Nightfall, uh, that arc, the Michael's Awakening arc, we are going to make like a hardcover uh, version of the comic. That way people could uh, still have the uh, eight by 10 size, but you know, have all of the comics all at once so they don't really have to wait. Now, I remember one of the things about the story was that originally it was in black and white and then it transitioned into color because of uh, what was going on in the story. Is that still in the new version as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we didn't try to change too much of the artwork because um, I felt like a lot of the artwork was really good. You know, I just looked at it and made sure if there was some kind of maybe uh, certain panels could be rearranged or um, certain little small details that people wouldn't really, you know, notice or pay attention to. But being being the artist, you know, I, I see all every all my mistakes, you know what I mean? So I'm always trying to fix certain small things. But uh, for the most part, everything is really there. It's really more about the dialogue and things that what's being said is what we really changed a lot. So when you have um, something that you're going back to, are you tempted to overcorrect every little thing? Or is it something like, you know what, this is fine. Let me just focus on other and more important things that I want to get across. No, I because I think I at first, because when I first did the story, you know, the, the main reason why uh, we wanted to uh, really put it out was because we felt like it was good. But um, when we when I went when I went back to look at it again, I just said, you know what, there's certain things, not everything, but small things that I could really just be amplified, really be said in another way. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I just looked back at the story and said, okay, I see what I could change here. And I just simply changed it to make it flow better and easily to be understood of what's going on, what's being said. But I also put in small little things there where it's like, to me, I always say the, the Nightfall series is more like an unsolved puzzle because there's things in the story or I, I'm not really an unsolved puzzle, but maybe like a replay value of the comic because when you're reading issue one and then you're done with issue one and then you get issue two, which is available at our, for our Kickstarter issues one and two, um, you know, you can go back after re reading issue two and go back to issue one and go, oh, shoot, I see, you know, certain things that they were saying that I didn't understand, but now I do because it's explained a little bit more in issue two. And then, you know, same thing with issue three. In issue three, uh, it's more like a round off. So like, it, you know, when you finish issue three, if you go back to issue one, you'll be like, oh my God, it was right there the whole time. I didn't even see it, mm -hmm. you know? Because oh. there's so many small things in the story where, you know, you can glance past it and not really know what's going on and how significant that scene is until later on in the series. And that's some of the things that I wanted to really kind of do with the story. Outside of just having it in black and white, you know, that's a really good uh, thing to really kind of wet your whistle. But overall, um, you know, it's just the, the comic as a whole, you know, you're going to always kind of be able to go back and see things that you didn't really see or thought that it wasn't really important. Hmm. So for those of people who are unfamiliar with the book, why don't you give us a little uh, synopsis of what the book's about? Okay. So the story of Nightfall Michael's Awakening is about the main character. His name is Michael Vash. And he's a normal college quarterback that finds out from his mother that he has a legacy line of werewolves within him. 
Now, it's up to him to believe that what she's saying is true or not, because although he loves his mother, when she first came into the town, there were a lot of really mysterious and unexplained events that had happened. And because of that, the townspeople have dubbed her the town crazy one. So in the back of his mind, he always felt that she actually was, might, or might be crazy. So when she tells him the truth of what he believes or what she believes lies within him, it kind of makes him conflicted on he just unsure what to believe. And you really kind of find out what happens at the end of the issue of issue one. And uh, for issue two, it basically really kind of continues on with diving deeper in what exactly is a legacy line and how it differs from other werewolves that reside within the world. Um, and it also introduces more characters uh, that reside within the world and the family as well. So growing up, were you a big horror fan? Um, growing up, I'm, I'm a big everything fan. You know, uh, the, the, one of the things that I love about this story is that, you know, um, I threw in so many personal and cool little Easter eggs in issue one because I really wanted to just really show everybody who I am as a person and along with, you know, still keeping the story tight knit and not really, you know, going too far with the Easter eggs. Um, one of my favorite Easter eggs is actually uh, when Michael and his girlfriend, Melissa, go to the movies. The movie that they go see is Salvation, which is our other, the other comic. comic yes. Um, so where can people find out more about the Kickstarter? You can find out our Kickstarter at a, uh, on Kickstarter. It's Nightfall, Michael's Awakening um, 1 and 2. You can find it also, we've been promoting it on our Facebook page. Uh, that's animationcomicsent.com. You can also find it on our Instagram with the same name, animationcomicsent. So where is the animation part of the animation and comics <laughs> ENT? We, uh, what we do right now, we've been doing small little snippets of, of our covers and pages and uh, things like that. We're, we're really working on our animation, but the animation is coming from our superhero stories that we're working on. And uh, superhero stories are very hard to uh, really put together when it comes to animation. And we don't wanna really put out something that's something uh, seems like anybody and everybody can do. We really kind of want to show that, you know, we've been really taking our time and we really put a lot of hard work and effort into our animation. So we're not really showing anybody, but after this series of Nightfall, which is uh, going to be done probably by maybe two years, we'll start to really show people throughout that time, slowly little snippets of the characters and the world that resides within it. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, um, I am familiar with uh, Kickstarter. And one of the things is that uh, you always have like extra perks or bonuses for people that, that contribute more than just the base amount for the comics. So what is your favorite perk or what's something that you think that our listeners would like? Um, you know, outside of having a really uh, affordable price to have both comics available and, and the posters and the character cards, um, you know, is all $10, really. So that's a great, great deal, in my opinion. But one of my favorite uh, rewards is actually, you're actually being drawn with uh, either choosing between uh, Team Michael, which is Michael Vash and his family, which is, quote, unquote, the good guys. And then you have the option to actually be a part of the bad guys, which is Team Lucius and his team. Um, we actually draw you alongside those t the, each side, each team. 
Now, will this be incorporated into the future issues or just a like a, a one-time original piece of artwork that they can have? No, it's, it's a really special uh, poster that is only available for the Kickstarter. We're not going to be uh, doing that, that art anymore, that art style, that piece that I did. Um, so it's really just a Kickstarter exclusive. That's cool. And, you know, the cool thing about it is that we'll actually send you the poster. So it's not like, I mean, we have the option where we can send it to you digitally and you can do it yourself. But if you actually want to have it specialized um, with a signed, with a signed, you know, that's what we'll send to you. Signed and framed? Did they get a frame also or no frame? Correct. Yeah, we'll send a frame. Oh, look at that. Signed, framed? That's a great deal. <laughs> exactly. All for $200. So you did mention that you actually hired a colorist. Now, sure. I've talked to many independent creators, and a lot of them, uh, not all, do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. How is it getting somebody else who's not part of your group? Oh, no, he signed of- to us. He signed to our company. No, no, no. Um, what I mean is that he wasn't originally there. So right. now you have a new person coming into the group. Mm-hmm. What is that like, being able to work with someone else who wasn't there from the beginning on something that is essentially your baby? Hmm. Um, you know, I actually like it, you know, uh, because I, I feel that, you know, at first it was a little tough, but I was actually excited because for my company, you know, I want my company to really expand and I want others to be a part of it, you know, whether it being writers or artists alike. Um, so I was really excited to have more people join the company and be a part of the fold. Um, you know, I just really kind of wanted to, I, I understood that it was going to be a slow process, you know, so even though I was very excited, you know, he was kind of really standoffish at first, but now we kind of really blend and, you know, I could say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, all right, I know how I'm going to do it. I can do this color. And he, he's also an artist as well, so he can draw. So sometimes we can, if I show him something, he's like, oh, okay, you know, maybe you should do this. He gives me pointers and sometimes I give him pointers on color. You know, so uh, it's a great uh, one-two punch, and I really enjoy it. It's really fun, and I, I can hope that uh, I can find more artists that's like him. Oh, that's awesome. So we're almost out of time. So do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, uh, please uh, back us on our Kickstarter. Please support us on our website. Check out our website, animationcomicsent.com, where we show so many different things outside of our comics, like video game and movie reviews and uh, cool forms and also you can also let us know how you feel about our comic by jotting down your little review or your thoughts in our blog section for each section of our comics well that's awesome my final thought is this um Dwayne, i've known you for a couple of years now uh you're a really cool guy i really like your idea i really like your concept and i like how you're continuing to progress and and be more successful each and every little day little baby steps uh works so with that we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, this is Sherilyn Fenn and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. 
My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls Corner, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.